Esther chapter 4, I read from verse 15. Esther chapter 4, I read from verse 15 to verse 17. Esther chapter 4, from verse 15 to verse 17. Esther 4, 15 to 17. And Esther shout a very big hallelujah. I read. Then Esther bade them return Mordecai this answer. Verse 16. Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan. Hmm. And fast ye for me. And neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. And so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. Verse 17. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. Amen. Today we are starting a topic I call the place of surrender to God. The place of what? Surrender to God. Maybe you may want to put total surrender in that, I mean, in that topic. The place of total surrender to God. We know the story of Esther very well. But what's the meaning of that word surrender? Surrender means to cease resistance and yield to either a higher authority or another authority. In other words, you are no longer resisting. That's what it means to surrender. No resistance. The authority involved in your surrender, or in the, the surrender we are talking about today, is the living God himself. So when we are talking about the place of total surrender, we are talking about the place of totally surrendering to who? To God. The place of totally surrendering to God. And we see various types of surrender in the scriptures and consequences of steps or actions that were taken. The point I want to emphasize this morning is the fact that surrendering to God gives you total victory over unrepentant enemies. Surrendering to God does what? Gives you total victory over unrepentant enemies. Surrendering to God gives you total victory over those enemies that have made, I think they are called sworn enemies. That's another name for them. Sworn enemies. Enemies that have made up their mind that if you are going to live, it's either you live or I live. <clears throat> Some you may know. Many more you may not know. But surrendering to God gives you total victory over such. Haman was an enemy of the Jews who because of his pride wanted to destroy the whole Jews in the nation. When you look at Esther chapter 3, Esther chapter 3 from verses 1 and 2, we are told that the king promoted Haman and he commanded everybody to bow to him. Everybody to bow to him. All the servants of the king, they bowed to him, except one servant of the king. 
by name Mordecai. And when you go to verses 5 to 6 of that passage, when Haman got to realize that everybody was bowing, but Mordecai was not bowing, he made some inquiries about the man. And he was told that not only will this man not bow to you because it's against his religion, the man is a Jew. And the Bible says in verse 6 of that Esther chapter 3, Haman thought scorn to lay hands on Mordecai alone. That is pride. He thought it was below his own dignity to kill just one man. I mean, if you don't understand that story very well, Haman is a killer. Is there any other word for him apart from that? I mean, okay, that's a better one. It's a murderer. Look at the decree he eventually put forth that all the Jews in the province should be killed. So he thought it was below his dignity to kill just one person. He would rather kill a nation. And you know what? Many of us, the treasures that God has in us, it's just that we don't realize it. And that's why the enemy is after you. You are a shining star. Tell somebody you are a shining star. You are a shining star. But you are, no long, you are not yet shining the way you should. Because the enemy is on your heels. It's after you. And your deliverance is in one, I mean, in one hand only. And whose hands are those? Only in the hands of God. If you don't yield to God, the enemy will overcome. I pray for you. The enemy will not overcome you in Jesus' name. So, Haman, on the advice of his, of his advisors, advisors, terrible people, most of the time, these, are these people that advise, they don't tell the truth. Have you realized that? Exactly, people that advise African uh, heads of state. They don't tell the truth. They are hungry men and hungry women. All they will do is tell the person what he or she wants to hear until they steal their own portion and run away. But God will catch all of them. Amen. Somebody join me in saying amen. amen. I say God will catch all of them. They will all pay for it in Jesus' name. We can pray for their repentance, but it's getting too late. They have terrorized us long enough. All these hopeless advisors to the president, to the prime minister, to whoever they are, who are there to ruin nations, God will ruin them. The advisors of Haman, the Bible says they, 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 they made a plan. And then, based on their advice, he sent letters to all the king's provinces to destroy. Look at uh, Esther chapter 3, verse 13. Look at how wicked they could be. Letters were sent by posting to all the king's provinces to destroy, to kill, to cause, to perish. They didn't stop at one. To destroy, to kill, to cause, to perish. All Jews. Brethren, does the devil do more than that? The Bible says the thief commanded about to do what? To steal, to kill, to destroy. Look at Haman's plan. To destroy, to kill, to cause, to perish. Both young and old, little children, women, in one day. On the 13th day of the 12th month. This man was a wicked man. And so Esther got to know about the plan of Haman. 
And in order for Esther to change the course of events concerning her people so that they will not be destroyed, she was the only one that God had put in place that could uh, sort of change the course of events. But it was not without some danger. Tell somebody some danger. Esther had a cause to fight for the survival of her race. And the only way out was for her to go to see the king. But there was a caveat there. What was the problem? The problem was the king was a king indeed. A king whom nobody dare approach unless the person is what? Invited. And if the person is not invited and the person comes before the king and the person does not find favor before the king, what happens? The person is killed. It looks as if in that particular nation, they like killing. Everything is just killed. Esther got a copy of Haman's decree. When we go to Esther chapter 4 verse 8. And in verse 11, she explained the dilemma that she was in. Whosoever shall come into the king's house, who is not called, there is one law of his to put him to death, except such to whom the king shall hold out the golden scepter. But brethren, the truth is, God's purpose cannot be defeated. Tell somebody God's purpose for my life cannot be defeated. God's purpose cannot be defeated. The only thing he might do is he might decide to change the vessel he had proposed to use. I pray that God will not replace you. Amen. Somebody does not like that prayer. Some people want to be replaced. I say, I pray that God will not replace you. Amen. Mordecai sent a message to Esther in verse 13 of that Esther chapter 4. He said, Esther, Esther, don't think that, I mean, with yourself that you will escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. Because as at that point in time, nobody knew she was a Jew. But eventually it will be known. And if Amon had succeeded and had the upper hand, what would happen to her? They would have killed her before the king could intervene on her behalf. He said, if you, if, verse 14, if thou all together hold thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. I pray for someone here again today. God will not replace you. It's, look at what he said. Somebody else will use for the deliverance. He said, but thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. We were discussing last Sunday that everyone that is born is born with a destiny. Everyone that is born is born for a reason. Everyone that is born is born with an assignment. But many expire without fulfilling destiny, without fulfilling that assignment. That will not be your, your, your portion in Jesus' name. I say it will not be your portion in Jesus' name. So that instruction or that rebuke, if you call it, from, from Mordecai to Esther, led Esther to what I call the place of total surrender. And that's the passage we read earlier on. Esther said, well, I will do my own part and leave the rest to God. And brethren, that's all I ask of everyone here today. Do your own part and leave the rest to God. Tell somebody to do your own part. Very important. Do your own part and leave the rest to God. 
Gather the people. Let them fast for three days. Day and night. No food, no drinks. Because this is a matter of life and death. If I survive, all of you will survive. If I don't make it, everybody is gone. They fasted for three days. On the third day, Esther went before the king. And we know the rest of the story. The first thing that happened is Esther obtained the favor she needed. Is there someone here today that needs favor? Receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. I said receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Esther obtained the favor she needed. When you go to Esther chapter 5, from verses 1 to 2, she stood before the king, and the king extended the signet unto her. She was, she was invited to the presence of the king. And Esther was wise. If you are some of us who are going to be so much in a hurry that the moment the king says, come, say, ah, king, they've killed us. They have killed all of us. So what are you talking about? But she was wiser than that. She said, all I want, king, is that you and Haman come for a feast. Come for a feast. I think there's a statement that says something like, whom the gods will destroy. They do what? They do what? Okay, I will say it my own way. They, they, <laughs> they lift them up. They give them a false sense of promotion. That's what Esther did. The king, come and eat. You and Esther. I mean, you and Haman. And Haman, you could drive a Mercedes car in his, in his, in his, on his, uh, uh, in his esophagus. With the excitement that he went home, that even when the queen will invite the king for a feast, she didn't call any other person but me. He got angry with Mordecai. But his days were already numbered. And I want to tell somebody here today, that Haman in your life, his days are numbered. That situation that looks like Haman in your life, the days are numbered in Jesus' name. So what was her request? Oh, king, come and eat. And that marked the beginning of events. Then God intervened on behalf of Mordecai. The more Haman ate, the more he fell. Isn't that wonderful? The more he ate, the more he fell. He thought he was being lifted, but he was being destroyed. The people that advised him to make uh, the gallow for Mordecai, they were the same people that told him that, ah, Mr. Haman, <laughs> If Mordecai is truly a Jew, before whom you have begun to fall, you will not rise until you completely fall. And I want to tell someone here today, because you are truly a child of God, your Haman has begun to fall. Amen. And there is no rising for that Haman again in Jesus' name. Amen. That Haman will completely and totally fall in Jesus' name. Amen. There's only one thing that is needed of you. And what is that? Total surrender. Total, you know the situation you are bringing before the Lord. You know that situation where you want God to intervene. All that is needed of you is what? Total surrender. Get to the point that Esther got and say, if I perish, I do what? You know, they say that cowards die. How many times? A thousand times before they die. Tell someone, you don't be a coward. You don't have two lives to live. How many lives do you have to live? Only one. Only one. You keep hiding from nothing. 
every time you are the first to know that there's danger out there whereas there's no danger cowards die a thousand times before they die you can only die once is that not so and the bible says in revelation chapter 1 verse 21 right he said i am he that was dead that lives i am he that has the key of what of death and hell he has the key that means if you are a child of god nobody can kill you until god says it's time not even coronavirus not even covid 19 or covid 21 if you are a child of god nothing and no one can kill you until it's time why live in fear why live like a coward surrender to god esther said if i perish i do what i perish i'm ready but god was waiting for her and i want to tell someone here today god is waiting for you i said god is waiting for you i said god is waiting for you because of that resolve brethren the enemies of the jews were destroyed in esther chapter 8 verse 1 the enemies of the jews were destroyed and then esther chapter 9 verses 1 to 3 I've just sort of summarized the whole book of Esther for us. We know the story very well. But it all came to the surrender of one person. The surrender of Sister Esther. Her resolve to say, if I perish, I perish. Your resolve to say, if I lose that job, I do what? If I lose the job, I lose the job. The job is not your life. Your life is more than the job. There are greater things ahead. Some of us need to lose some things that we may get, that we may gain what God is giving unto us. I've listened to a man of God uh, was yesterday night or, or, or this morning, and he was talking about a particular, I think it was this morning, of a particular brother who got a master's degree from the university, and it was time to get a job. And after about six, seven months, he got no job. He decided that there was a church across the road. They had a typist who was on a part-time work at work there. That what? Until I get a job, I will do what? I will go to the church. I will be serving in the church. I will be working in the church. So the pastor is in the church. The typist is in the church. This brother will just come in and start doing his whole thing. Anything you want us to do, I mean, he's just a volunteer. And he did that for close to one year. Yeah, for close to a year. He has no job. Rather than just wake up and be pitying himself at home, he will go to church, clean the church, just do all manner of things. And then one day, tell somebody one day, one day, the typist did not come early. The pastor had not arrived. He got there and he began to clean the, the whole church. And somebody came and said, I'm looking for a pastor. But the man that came said, he looked at him, saw him clean and said, uh, what did he call him? Cleaner. He said, cleaner. Is pastor around? And the man said, oh, pastor is not around, but I'm not the cleaner. I said, you're not cleaner, so what are you doing here? I said, well, I mean, <laughs> I have a master's degree from this university across the road. But I've not got a job. So I'm making, keeping myself busy in the house of God. Say, yeah, the way you speak. You speak very good English for a cleaner. You have a master's degree. You are, he said, for how long? He said, for about a year. For a whole year, you've been cleaning the church. You have no, you are, because you have, a, a, I mean, you have no job. And this man brought out his card and gave it to him. He said, see me in my office. That day. Tell somebody that day. That day. I simply mean to say that day. That day, that man was employed as an assistant manager in that man's company. He decided to apply himself to the things of God. If no man will help me, 
Brethren, if God will not help you, no man can help you. I hope you know that. If everybody on earth wants to help you and God will not help you, no man will help you. True or false? You just, you just realize that that person has said, come and see me. Every time you get to the office, they say he's busy. And he's inside though. He will make sure that he remains busy until you leave. Even if it will take five hours, he will remain busy inside that office until you leave. The moment you leave, he's no longer busy. Because if God does not help you, man cannot help you. Total surrender. Will you surrender to God today? Completely and totally. And tell him everything I have. I yield unto you. I yield unto you.